Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And I wouldn't say that being a rapist is a marginalised or oppressed group. There are hundreds of comedians with jokes with the word rape, pedophilia, abortion in it. I see it as he looks like people would look at him yeah. and see him as a rapist. This is not the only rape joke that is going to be made. His joke was not about rape itself. You feel powerless. You can do an act of violence with words. If this was verbal violence, then it was a very violent conflict between both of them. You know, people calling him a sexist and a rapist. There are lots of things that make a joke funny, but what makes a joke unfunny? Like, is there anything you just can't tell jokes about? Eddie Maguire, James Brayshaw and Danny Frawley, there's some footballing guys from Melbourne, uh, they were on the radio a couple of weeks ago and they told some jokes about journalist Carolyn Wilson. They'd just been dunked in ice cold water to raise funds for research into motor neuron disease. It was a very, very successful day, but then this happened. In fact, I reckon we should start the campaign for a one-person slide next year. Caroline Wilson... And I'll put in uh, 10 grand straight away. Make it 20. And, it, and if she stays under, 50. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, guys? Who yeah. else is up there? I know uh, you're in JB. No, is, help straight in. Yeah, yeah, I'll is, be in amongst it. Is, yeah. is Duck there? Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm here, mate. Yeah, Duck's in. Uh, Danny, you're yeah, in. I'm in, Ed. Mate, I, I, think we could, we could, I could do an auction here today. I'll actually jump in and make sure she does. I'll hold her under it. And I reckon we could charge 10000 for everyone to stand around the outside and bomb her. Yep. Oh, I'm on Caro's side now. <laughs> I'm on Caro's side these days, Ed. Oh, no, I thought Ed, she'll, 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 hey, she'll burn you like everyone else, mate. She's like the Black Widow. <laughs> hey, she just sucks you in and gets you, and you start talking to her, and then bang, she gets you. Ed, <laughs> if you ran that auction from down there, I reckon you'd start grabbing some bids out of the seats too. You'd be, <laughs> money piling in everywhere. Oh, that'd be magnificent. I think we should do that next year. It's all, it's all good for footy. <laughs> <laughs> So for my part, I don't think the jokes about holding a woman underwater are funny. I think it trivialises violence against women and I think that in Australia we have approximately one woman murdered every week by her partner or her former partner. So that's why I'm sensitive about it. But lots of people have told me that I'm oversensitive. I'm overreacting and I need to get a sense of humour. It's a joke, they tell me. So I'll ask you again, is there anything you just can't joke about? What about rape? 
I mean, are there good rape jokes? Are there bad rape jokes? Are there some rape jokes that are okay and some that aren't? And if that's the case, then who's the judge? Is this rape joke from Daniel Tosh okay? People have always told me I have a sick sense of humour. What do you say to that? To my circle of friends, I'm tame. My sister's off the charts. I play practical jokes on her constantly, though. I got her so good a few weeks ago. I replaced her pepper spray with silly string. Anyway, that night, she got raped. And she called me the next day going, you son of a bitch! You got me so good! No, 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 no. As soon as I started spraying him in the face, I'm like, Daniel! This is gonna really hurt. Hot pocket. How about this rape joke from Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? In Into the Woods, Cinderella runs from her prince, Rapunzel is thrown from a tower for her prince, and Sleeping Beauty just thought she was getting coffee with Bill Cosby. You know, actually, saw this on the news today, but Bill Cosby has finally spoken out about the allegations against him. Cosby admitted to a reporter, I put the pills in the people! The people did not want the pills in them! No, Tina, that, hey, that's not right. That's not right. It's more like, I got the pills in the bathroom, but I put them in the people! You're right, it's, it's got to be like, I put the pills in the hoagie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's fair. I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is the Nitty Gritty Committee stories about the guts and the glory of life. This week, we trace the lifespan of one rape joke from its humble beginnings through to its place at the centre of an international outrage. Thanks to Triple J's Hack and John Safran's show, we can recreate the night the joke made its mark in comedy history from both perspectives, from the perspective of the guy telling the joke and the perspective of the woman who made it an outrage. Sunday Night Saffron on Triple J. Now, Father Bob, before we meet our next guest, a couple of weeks ago on Hack, they talked about this Melbourne International Comedy Festival rape joke controversy and... Here's a perspective of the woman who was in the centre of it. The third last performer who came on stage was Ray Badrin and he opened his act with a rape joke. That was the woman who protested against Ray Badrin's rape joke and now we are speaking to Ray. The comedy night was running. It was a pretty poor comedy night across the board. I got on stage, I've started to go relatively well compared to uh, some of the other comics that were on already that night. Uh, my first joke, which is a joke that I've done many times before, had the word rape in it. Uh, you know how black people can make jokes about being black and gay people can make jokes about being gay? If you're, you're black, you can do jokes about being black. If you're gay, you can do jokes about being gay. Look at me, I can make jokes about rape. So I'm not sure if you can tell just from looking at me, but I can do rape jokes. I slipped from my seat uh, and sat under the table that I was seated at with friends. And in this, I thought they were being funny. I thought they were drunk or something like that. I didn't realise what was going on. And I thought this this night's been pretty pretty poor. You know, maybe I'll get some energy in the room. And I said, "What are you What are you doing under the table? What's going on here?" 
And that's when, and they'd been heckling and talking the whole night. They'd been frustrated. That's that was the you know all this stuff's left out uh, in the media, but they'd been heckling, booing, and they'd been quite offended throughout various other people's sets throughout the night. And I was somebody, and then they said, "Look, you you can't talk about rape." I said clearly and calmly to him that I didn't find rape funny. Then rape was not a punchline. And that's when the the room. The night, comedy night, was definitely over. He sort of said, right, uh, fair enough, and tried to kind of move on, but was clearly rattled by what had happened and then stopped again and, and said, what is your problem? What is this girl's problem? Then someone from the audience yells out at her, what are you doing here at comedy? Get out. Why are you even here? And then I can see, like, her face is getting angry. He went back to his material, couldn't, said, this is the work, worst gig I've ever done. The person in question and her friend were, were, were cheering for me to get off. The rest of the audience were cheering against them and, and with me, but it was just manic, and I wasn't, I wasn't and, you know, and I'm putting the microphone back in the stand. They're booing and clapping me off, and, you know, it was just high Looking pressure. Looking at me again and said, I respect the fact that you, you spoke up or something along those lines, and then said... Oh, I don't know why I was nice here. F*** you. You're a piece of shit. F*** off and die. But I think you're a piece of shit and I hope you die. Reese Nicholson was the MC of the evening. His version of events is pretty similar to Ray's version of events. But when I chatted with Reese on the phone, he took me off on this other tangent that I found fascinating. So let's just take another stroll down this road with Reese, who is one of those people who's got a beautiful, strange eye on things that takes you into into sort of tangents and cul-de-sacs that you didn't even know were there. Reese Nicholson. Because I've known Ray, Ray and I kind of started around the same time mm-hmm. doing stand-up. And just that is, it, the joke in question is his by far raciest joke he's ever written. <laughs> and not, like like yeah. I remember when he, when he told it to me the first time, um, I remember just going, Jesus. Like, <laughs> because it is, but it is, to me, I think it is a, I, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of the people that says I think it's a joke and I know a lot of people disagree but people agree as well that I think it's a joke about stereotypes and I do a lot of jokes about stereotypes as well so it's kind of... I get that but, but I mean I don't want you to speak on Ray's behalf but, but could you help me try and understand that because to me it's so... Maybe it's like that dress that was on all over the internet where it was yeah. like is it white and black or is it blue and gold or something like... Yeah. I'm just like but isn't he saying I'm a rapist? So I can I, tell jokes I, about rape. I see it as I see it as he looks like people would look at him yeah. and see him as a rapist. In the same like in the same way that I, as a gay person, yeah. could say, "So I can do jokes about being a slut." I just feel I just like yeah, it's with, it's a it's a very risky joke, and it's one of those jokes that you. I know that I know that that's how he intended. Let's talk about how it got taken out of his hands, and that night got taken out of the hands of the tiny group of people that were there. What yeah. What did you do? You remember that time when suddenly it started escalating like really quickly? We were all like the way that comics do. You're like, man, it's fine. But like, let's just. It's the start of the festival, and it was, and it's his first festival. <laughs> yeah. um, Let's just like don't worry about it. And let's have a drink, and everything's gonna be fine. And then <laughs> the way that he talks about it is, he woke up the next day and opened his Twitter, and I remember him saying like he had like two hundred notifications or something. Yeah. And he kind of went, oh, "That seems a bit. That seems more than usual." <laughs> um, considering he has, I think he had about four hundred followers at the time. 
Um, and yeah, it just became, you know, it became what it became. Just people, because um, it was a, re- and I still, I, I don't quite understand it because I'm not super savvy on how Reddit even works, really. But I know that it, it kind of sty- skyrocketed. Oh. Um, and. Because how many people were in the room? I would say, including comedians? Yeah. Um, oh, look, maybe a hundred at the most. Ray, Ray's story is sort of a perfect storm, isn't it? Um, of a shit gig and uh, a risky joke and um, a young woman who I, you know, definitely saw an opportunity in all of it. I mean, yes. the media was really excited. I, I tried to get oh. uh, back the... Pavanarithian, I apologise if I'm, I know I'm saying your name wrong, but I, <laughs> it's hard for me to say, but um, from the age, she was, I think, the lady who wrote the initial article that really yes. sparked it. I, I asked her to speak to me about it and she didn't want to go on record about it again. But What's interesting about that is as well is that she, and look, I'm not going to say the, the, the girl that made the initial thing mm-hmm. is... I, I have, there is no, and Ray even doesn't have any, you know, I mean, there's obviously anger there, but it's not towards her, it's towards the situation mm-hmm. and the way that it, it exploded and stuff. But I just find it very, that whole situation is quite tricky as well because the reporter and um, her are friends, which is fine, um, and also there are quotes from Susan Proven in that article that are from two years ago. <laughs> Susan, who runs the festival, so they've yes. just taken quotes from a previous from a previous article with, yeah. and put them in a different context, and that's not allegedly. That is true. That yeah. is from a, like Susan did not make any public comments about yeah. the whole thing, and it became the the rest of it became the talking topic of the rest of the festival, and it became, you know, it's it was it just it happened to the. It could have, I mean, it's not that it could have happened to anyone, but if it didn't happen to him on the first night, it would have happened to Jim Jeffries on the third night. And yeah. if it didn't happen to him, it would have happened to any of the other ones on, on you know, the fourth night. Like, it's just, it's just unfortunate because it was, you know, his first festival, oh. his first solo show, and the, he, he tried to fly it twice, uh, and both times uh, people came up to him and said, aren't you that rape guy? People got his mother's number and called his mother and told, like, you know, and abused her about her son. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like, uh, yeah, it's it was just grim. Has it it's changed kind of, the way you do anything? I mean, do you second-guess material? Do you really look for possible dramas when you're putting together a show? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely made me think about... Because it's, I used to be, and I'm not anymore, but I used to be a pretty, like I'm still quite filthy, but I used to be a very aggressive and um, purposely kind of, you know, when I first started, you know, when you first start and you copy a comedian? Yes. <laughs> My, I, tried to, I tried to copy Sarah Silverman when I first started. <laughs> um, but also I think the aggression initially, I was the same, I was really aggressive initially. I think it's like you think that that's the way you get that leadership and you, you control a room. Yeah. And as you get older, you realise you can do it much more subtly and, and more, more vulnerably. But, yeah, we all do that. Yeah, and you just – and I, I also I, – I grew up in Newcastle and so I, the gigs that I started doing were in, you know, pub pubs yeah. with NRL players sitting in them. And so you have to become <laughs> – I'm going to be a camp MC <laughs> on stage. I'm going to have to be filthy and say fuck, yeah. uh, which I – 
like, and now I, it's just made me realize, like, I don't really do any of that anymore. I kind of, if anything, I kind of ponce around the stage now. <laughs> um, and it made me realize how, how I'm very glad that when I first started, I found, in fact, I found a set list for my first show um, that I did, it was like 2011 or 2012. Um, and I do not stand by a single joke in yeah. that show. But yeah. it just makes you realize how the internet yeah. can just. It's just, it's a, obviously it's a game changer, of course it is, but it, yeah. it's, no one has a chance to fail anymore. Yeah, Marty Sheargold and I often talk about that. We used to, because he carries around a set list in his wallet still from, it's like 15, <laughs> 20 years old, this piece of paper, and every yep. now and then we drag it out and we talk about material we used to do that you would we would never say in public today, never. Yeah. I don't have material. I have material from two years ago. I yeah. don't want to do it anymore. But no one is born a fully formed, excellent I, comedian, and you kind of have to go through those phases. And we used to be able to go through it almost in private, but now you can't do that. Yeah, and it's because it, and it's happened. I've been doing stand up for seven years, um, and it's it's happened within that seven years. Like it wasn't, yeah. you know, Facebook and Twitter and and YouTube was a thing, but not much of a thing. Like not like it is now. Um, mm. You know, they weren't YouTube comedians, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it's 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 just changed. You can't like I'm not even famous, and I still see people with their phones out, like filming in sometimes in my shows, and you tell them to stop. Yeah. And it's kind of think like, well, what is this? You can't do anything without anybody, without possibly the world seeing it now. Mm. And I just, it's kind of it could be the death of comedy, <laughs> just because you can't. You know, yeah, there are people say grim things, drink, but there are things that you say in the heat of a moment in a show that you know the audience is going to laugh at. Yeah. And, you know, in another context would be completely triggering. But, um, you know, it's the feeling of the room and it's the feeling of the, and it's pushing it as far as you possibly can without falling off the edge. And um, Even the fact that you've integrated the word triggering into your vocab when talking exactly. about gigs, it's blowing my mind. Six months ago, the word triggering wasn't around. Oh, my God. I did, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. That it's that kind of thing, like, yes, this is, we need to talk about rape culture, and yes, we need to talk about um, you know, the use of these types of words and jokes, but... It's very. It's so easy to say rape isn't funny, and it's so easy to say that you know this isn't funny, and this isn't funny, and this isn't funny, and yeah, as a whole, rape is not funny. It's horrible. It's a and you know I another part of it as well. Like I have had a thing happen to me in my life, and uh, which was a strange to have to to feel validated to talk about this and stand up for Ray. Had to kind of come out about that. Wow, and even and even then had um, like kind of stuff thrown back on me of well, you're a man, so you don't really get to talk about this. So you talked about a sexual assault that you were a victim of on stage. No, not on stage, but like and very like it was. I was talking to a girl on Twitter about it, right. and she said to me. Um, something along the lines of like another man standing up for a man, you don't know what you're talking about, yeah. that kind of argument. Yeah. And, um, and I kind of just said, well, as a victim of an assault, um, I would, you know, 
I feel like I can kind of talk about this in a, in a, in a, in a way, like, you know, yeah. a, a very different kind of, like, a, you know, I won't go into the details of it, but not, yeah. And, um, and just that kind of, and even that kind of, sh- she kind of shut that down as well. It's like, well, you, you're not a, you, you're still a man and you still have male privilege, which I completely understand. But it just, it kind of just, still interesting of just the amount of, wow, the amount thrown back. And I'm not doing like a, well, well it's me, I can't, but it's just a very interesting like, well, what are we arguing about here? Yeah. yeah. What's the actual argument you're trying to make? Or are you just being angry at, at a situation you do not know about? And also, what are we trying to get out of it for Ray? Are we trying to it's, kind it's, of I, have I a young think, man understand what we're trying to say and understand that maybe there's a few words missing from his joke? Or are we trying to drive him underground? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so, and it's that, that's, I think, you know... A lot of it is so meant well, like, but it's just about, um, you know, picking the right way to do it. Like, don't don't ruin a guy's life and make him the centre of an argument that he's not fit to be part of. Hi, I'm Mia Friedman, and I have no filter. Not in life, not in work, and especially... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Actually not on my podcast. Every fortnight, I speak to some of the world's most interesting people about life, their career, and how they feel about things, what makes them tick. From Rosie Batty, I think of Luke. I'm consumed with thoughts of Luke. You know, I dream of Luke. I wake up thinking of Luke. Yeah. I'm thinking of Luke. Even when I don't realise I'm thinking Luke, of Luke. Yeah. To Terea Pitt. Well, the flowers are only five seconds of my life. I don't want to let that five seconds tell me who I am and what I can do and what I, what I can't do in this world. It's the podcast where too much information is never enough. Subscribe to No Filter in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Peter Blanquiron was raped by a Christian brother when he was 11 years old. Not once, repeatedly. And he was one of very many victims around that time uh, in Ballarat, unfortunately. And now he and another survivor, Andrew Collins, are very, very active in the community in trying to assist other survivors. So I thought to myself, I guess, really, this is a question for a survivor. It's, it's a question for a survivor of rape. Is rape ever funny? 
Can you ever joke about rape? Are there good rape jokes and bad rape jokes? Peter Blankiron. Well, we've got 150 suicides a year in Ballarat. Um, national average is 13.8 per 100,000. We've got 100,000 population in Ballarat. And we've, you know, it's, it's 150 reefs were laid um, what what reef day to, to, to mark the death. That's just a straight suicide that can premature death. So, so actually, I wanted to ask you about how popular culture, how, how our handling of sexual abuse affects you as a survivor. And already now listening to you, I think, okay, well, there's probably two phases of that, I guess. When you're a young man who has survived rape and nobody else knows and, and you're dealing with the shame and the confusion and everything of that, when it pops up in a joke or in a movie, how does that feel? Do you, do you remember that? I remember guys saying, you know, when they're talking about the Christian brothers or whatever, they said, oh, it must have been too ugly. They left me, you know, nothing happened to me. It must have been too ugly. Like, yeah. that, that would be a common yep. one you'd hear. And it's sort of, before I talked about it, I just sort of, you know, I just sort of do a fake laugh. And, yeah. You know. How did it make you feel? Um, I mean, because that's a really common joke, isn't it, people <clears> make, that oh, I wasn't sexually well, molested at Christian brothers, so. I must have been too ugly, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I suppose... Back then, I'd shut my feeling self down pretty much. So I, my my feeling reactions were more logical concepts of, of feeling. So, um, you know, I, it, it's 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 just it's an interesting question because I think it's multi layered. Like there's there's times when Andrew and I, Andrew Collins and I joke about between between the two of us got half a brain. You know, that's a, that's a that's a PTSD joke. Like so. We sit down between the two of us. He, what he can't do, I can do, and what I can't do, he can do. And mm. um, we're still, you know, only only at times we're on song, and the other half of the time we're we're sort of um, we're sort of heaps on the ground that can't do anything. So it's it's and there's been time. It wasn't for the humour. If we if we couldn't lace a little bit of dark humour around it, yeah, um, you, you, you'd go crazy. You really would. And like right from the early days of meeting in. Um, Cafes. I remember a brother-in-law, um, Claire's brother, talking to Andrew at his first the first time he came along, and at the end of it, they were both having a laugh, and and it was at their own expenses. They were making, you know, yeah. Steve would say a joke and said, "Mate, I hope this isn't isn't inappropriate for you." He said, "But if I don't laugh about it, he said, I, I wouldn't be here." Yeah. So you know, there's that's the time where humour is the best medicine. Yeah. Um, but then there's a time where somebody could have made the same joke that Steve made. In a different situation, it would have been totally inappropriate. Um, yeah, and when other people, people joke about it, uh, I think it's it's almost that serenity prayer, isn't it? Like you know, what's appropriate, and what's not not appropriate, and and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about trigger warnings? If ever there are trigger warnings saying, "Oh, look, just to let you know, this book or this TV show or whatever contains uh, scenes of sexual violence and stuff like that," does that does that put you off? Does that speak to no, you? No, I think I think um, it, it's a bit it's a bit of, a bit of impairment. I suppose you have got the chance, the, the option to look away and like uh, what's it? Like um, Mike Lee runs a workshop for um, around male sexual abuse and and survivors you know, working through the healing process. And the first thing he says to everybody there, he said, "You don't have to sit through any of this. You don't want to." Um, you can actually, as long as you're here at the end for the last 10 minutes, that's all you have to do. Mm. So it's empowerment. 
and everyone stays because they've got the, the chance to leave. So giving yeah. someone the chance to leave is, is really important. And, and it's about the two golden rules around abuse is that uh, things are out of control as a kid and you're unsafe. So it's the opposite. So in a way that's as safe as possible and a way that doesn't feel out of control. So having choice to either be part of something or not is very much part of re-empowerment yeah. and feeling safe in, in, in that space. So if you can relate everything back to those two, two rules, usually you don't go far wrong. Okay, that's a really good point. Um, what, what about if you were at a stand-up comedy gig and a comedian was going to make a joke about rape and would you, would you advocate for them to make some kind of like trigger warning at the top of the night or how would that make you feel if you All sat right, there I, and... I think it's... It, 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 if they think it, that, that, that that's... Um, I, I think, it, again... It, like that's a, it's a it's a broad term. We you know it, it, it is is the joke going to be at the expense of the um, the person, not the victim. Okay, let me tell you one. Let me tell you one. The perpetrator, the expense of the perpetrator. Let me tell you one that we're discussing in this show, right? Yeah. So a young guy says, "Hey, um, have you ever noticed how black people can tell jokes about being black and gay people can tell jokes about being gay? Well, I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, but I can tell jokes jokes about rape." Touch bad himself. Mm. Um, I can sort of, I, I can sort of that. That's sort of like it's. It was if if the guy was telling that joke about himself, mm. I reckon that'd be. Was that the, was that the situation where he's told that joke about himself? Yeah, and I sort of took it to mean that he's saying he's a rapist, and that that. Is it? I mean, is it one of those cases where I'm taking? Oh, I thought you were much... saying that he was he was a rape victim. Yeah, well, that's what he's. I mean, he he is not, but that's what he said to me in his defence. He said oh, it could mean that I am a victim, and I was like, oh, I suppose I never thought of it that way. And but you'd have to be a victim. You'd have to not be caught. You'd have to be like I yeah. could probably make that joke. Yeah, that's I could probably right. make that joke, and and completely people would say, yeah. oh yeah, that's that's fair enough. But say um, if. Here we go. If Eddie Maguire made that joke, yeah. <laughs> he'd be burned at the stake. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think it's um, it's like that. What's that? Was it Lucky Eddie or whatever? That uh, guy that used to have that um, disability, and you know, he'd, he'd steady Eddie, yeah. steady Eddie, yeah. and he'd stand up and say, "I, I won the um, uh, the, the dance competition yeah. at the uh, disco <laughs> the other night. I, I, I was going to the toilet." Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so... Uh, like, but, but if you or I did that, that'd be totally inappropriate. Yeah. So you're right. It's really that simple, isn't it? If it's if it's about you is one thing, is separate. If you're telling about your history, yeah. your story, but if you're talking about other people's experience, then That's no. It. Okay. And, and Australians love, love taking the piss out of themselves. Like we, yeah. we love a comedian that, that hangs shit on themselves because it's, you know, it's at no one's expense. Yeah. And and if it, it makes you look vulnerable and you're opening up, then then you you, you connect more with people that are watching you. you yeah. Know, like it's... yeah, definitely, definitely. But I mean, this is also a young comedian who's got got that finessing to learn, you know. So yeah. uh, they tell me that there was a period of time where rape was just this thing that was in a lot of comedy acts. Like one of the girls told me that someone used to end a joke by saying, just completely out of the blue, um, and then I raped a dolphin. Like that was how he used to end this routine. Like it was supposed to be really edgy and strange and and stuff. And and that she 
she's a young comedian and she took exception to that idea that it's it's not just a fun word to throw out there was sort of her perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um it, it, it's it teaching kids that it's not okay mm. is is not not to have in that in in our um in our banter that it's, it's you know I remember growing up and someone telling a joke about um um someone runs out of the park and says help I've been graped I've been graped and the policeman says don't you mean raped and and she said no there was a bunch of them yeah right but you know that 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 was part of the culture growing up like yeah. that, that's not you know, that's that's and that's you know, you know and, and and I remember being pretty younger. Oh, what what's rape? You know, what's what? I didn't didn't even understand what they're talking about. Like, when, you know, when, but, it was in our, but but when you're slightly older, when you are a rape victim, do you feel a pressure in that moment to look normal, like to sort of not betray that it means anything extra to you? You've got to remember, denial is the first stage of healing. So, yeah. so you're in denial. So you just you just don't want to believe it happened. Don't want to believe it. Right. It affected you. Don't want to believe it. You, you think you just you're okay. You know you, you could. Because you, you, you're scared to go through the healing process, and or you're not not aware that you have to go through the healing process. So mm. um, it sounds like you've got your head where you need to be now, anyway, does it? Yes, it does. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. I guess it's probably time to circle back now to our original protagonist, Ray Badrin, to find out what, if anything, he learned from the experience. You're powerless to this state. To me, that was the the more amazing part of the story. I mean, people got offended about comedy before. People have written things about, like, this is not a new thing, but the escalation and the, the snowballing effect of this, of how it happened, was just the more amazing fact to me, and which is what I sort of I focus on in the story. Is, I mean, I did feel like there was a lot of opportunistic people on the back of this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, and, 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 and that, that annoyed me. The journalists, everyone was opportunistic. Every single person in it, everyone, like yourself included, Michelle. We're doing a podcast now. Everyone, the 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 initial person's trying to start off a career as a feminist writer, an aspiring writer slash gender studies student. The 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 journalist, it was by far the most read article that she's ever written by by a long, 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 long way and wrote follow up articles trying to capitalise off the situation, even though she came under a lot of fire from members of the public, like random members of the public of how poorly written this article was and her defence was, oh, I don't write my headlines and stuff like this and and stuff. That's like, she, she's obviously trying to start her career. Everyone's trying to, it's, it's, no one cares about the topic. No one's trying to, and not that I even care about the topic, but it's just like, it's just a whirlwind of shit for no reason. Well, I guess the reason, if there is one, is the use of the word rape in a joke. Are there things that just can't be joked about? You know, in the, the last week, Eddie Maguire and his cronies have been in trouble. I've certainly spoken out against them in the last week about, you know, is it ever funny to make jokes about drowning a woman? I don't reckon it is, but... Well, can we can we, can we, can we just, just, just draw a line in the sand here? Yeah. Like what Eddie Maguire said wasn't a joke, right? Yeah. It wasn't a joke and it wasn't funny and it wasn't, I mean, like it has to have... What what we're going to from the end line of your question is should there be censorship and everything yeah. free and art and that's fine that's one question but to compare it to an Eddie McGuire situation is absurd because Eddie McGuire makes a comment quite a rude comment and 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 uh, and a not thoughtful comment from someone that's in a position of power in a public forum all right and so it's quite different to me making saying a joke that's always worked 
in, and, and its intent was humour. Not that his intent wasn't humour as well, I suppose. I suppose, actually, now reflecting upon these situations, what's different upon it, that mine worked better as a joke than his did. I suppose <laughs> so, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to reflect on this situation a lot. Like, and don't get me wrong, I did. Yeah, I I, of course, this shit can't happen to you without it reflecting. And I thought to myself at one point, you know, I went through every range of emotion. At one point, I thought, all right, Ray. You know, you're. A, I'm not white, but I'm I'm a male from a, a, a privileged background, so to say. Like I'm, I've never, uh, I've never known anyone to be sexually assaulted seriously, so to say. So, um, I mean, it's. I've never. I, I I live in quite a a bubble of like just good people, you know. So I've never met anyone that suffered from domestic violence. Any of these sort of things that 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 are the topics that are coming up. So for me, I always saw this word as just a, a rude word, much like the F word or the C word. I never saw the gravity behind it, right? And I thought to myself, well, have I been wrong and insensitive by using this word and the gravity behind it without thinking about it and offending people? And, you know, and, I, and I've thought about this, but you know what, that, that line of mode of thinking ends to Everything will offend someone. Like, everything will offend someone, and you can't censor it out. Like, I mean, I'm a movie buff. You know, they, 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 1930s, they banned swearing in films. They thought it was offensive. The quote, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, that, the reason why that's so famous, that quote from Gone with the Wind, is because it broke the, the law, the actual law, and said the word damn on TV. Yeah, I get on, that, on, but, on, but, but what, I guess the argument is that in no way could that be conceived as triggering for anyone who's suffered any kind of serious assault, whereas using okay. a word rape in okay. a joke unexpected, in any context really unexpectedly... Well, then, then murder, then murder, then murder, then yeah, how can okay. murder be used so flippantly then? It's, yeah. not, it's not a... The difference is here, right? The difference is here. This is an assault that happens primarily to women, right? Mm -hmm. So then... Where in no way was this ever to do with feminism or any, any, uh, anything to do with the difference in genders. This never came up and it was never to do with this, I mean, in my mind. So this is where I, I'm admitting maybe I could be ignorant in this sense. Can you have art just for art's sake? Can you have a picture of a naked woman on a painting? Or is that seen as, is that seen as uh, porno, pornography? You know, it doesn't have to be something said behind the art. That's what I mean. Yeah, I guess, though, I worry that that something like a rape joke is re-victimising a victim in the way that, um, that other, those other art forms you're talking about aren't necessarily. Um, is, it, is, it, is it doing what to the victim? Sorry, can you just repeat re that? Re-victimising a victim. If I'm a rape survivor and I'm sitting in an audience and I'm out with friends... And a, a guy gets up and does jokes and 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 says uh, rape. You know, I'm I'm a rapist, or I can tell jokes about being a rapist. That that might chip away at my soul a bit. Yeah, of, of course it would. And but so would so would a joke about murder. And yeah. they're in the same ballpark. Yep. So why is the conversation always been brought up about rape? No, I don't know. I think it's just such a harsh. It's because of the gender issue. No, it's because of the gender issue. Okay. That's all it is. It's not because of. It's not because of the. It's not because of the severity of it. It's not. I'm sorry if I'm being insensitive. I really am too. I'm not trying to be insensitive here. I'm. I'm just. I'm just being ignorant to 
the people that it is offending. Mm-hmm. I am. I'll admit that. And anyone using the word is. But you are also, if you say the word murder, you are also, if you say the word, I mean, peanuts now. You can't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going on the political correctness gone mad thing. But one of the most complained about, uh, complained about topics at the moment is peanut nut, nut, nut allergies. People doing jokes about nut allergies, right? I try and be as progressive as possible. I'm sorry if the joke offended anyone. Not to say that I'm not, in no way am I admitting that, that the joke was wrong, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you, if you got offended like I did on the night to the person. Um, I'm sorry for the harshness of the heckle comeback. Not sorry for having a heckle comeback. I mean, I should have... I mean, I sh- I, my, 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 my initial stance on hecklers is they shouldn't exist anyway. No, I not agree. as human beings, but in a comedy club. So, I mean, it's not that I should get better at heckle comebacks. It's, it's a shit situation. But I'm telling you, Michelle, if you were in the same situation, you would have said something harsh to her. Oh, yeah, I would have smashed it. Would have, yeah. <laughs> well, see, and see how defenseful I am of saying a heckle comeback. And I told someone to die. I mean, big deal. I, I told my fucking self, I said I was going to kill myself fucking yesterday when my tomato fell out of my sandwich. You know, like, I, I mean, I throw the term around too too flippantly, yes. But fuck off. Like, you know, come on. I didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> for fuck's sake, Michelle. I'm sure, like, I, I, I mean, I might have said this to you before in the other thing, but I remember, like, I didn't want my mum, like, I'm, Probably closest to my mum in the world. A bit of a mummy's boy. I didn't want her to find out about this fucking article. And when I got this bitch, she rang me and I was like, oh, uh, I don't want my mum. And I was like, mum, can I explain? She said, no, 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 let me explain, right? And I said, all right. And she goes, I hate most of your jokes anyway. And I said, all right, thanks, mum. <laughs> and she goes, but as far as what people say to each other in a heated argument, I tell your father to kill himself once a week. And I love it. And um, it's probably not the best thing because I'll probably get trolled now saying, look, he comes from a family of people that just tell people to kill themselves. But, um, I mean, it's it, uh, it's not a big fucking deal. It isn't that big of a fucking deal. Thank you, Ray Badrin, for allowing me to just pick through this this scenario again that I know is really difficult and that you're still trying to come to terms with and work your way through. He is a good comedian, that one. Get yourself in there to see Ray Badrin. And, of course, Reese Nicholson. Go and see them. Before you go and see them, though, please go to iTunes and leave us a nice little review there. That will help other people to discover this show. And do tell your friends. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.